RTC right after the international. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America! Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 13th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Argentina will challenge 2018 finalist Croatia in the first semifinal Tuesday evening at the FIFA World Cup football tournament in Qatar. Head coach Zlatko Dalic spoke in Croatian ahead of the match. We are among the four best teams in the world, says Coach Dalic. That is an extraordinary success for Croatia. It is a great thing to be among the four best national teams for two World Cups in a row. However, we want more. We are playing the great Argentina, a terrific team led by Lionel Messi. They are highly motivated, but they're under greater pressure than Croatia at this particular moment in time. We have analyzed our opponent. We know how they play. We know where they want to take the game and we're preparing for them i'm an optimist by nature i do trust my players they have demonstrated a high level of quality strength of character and they wouldn't have made it to the semifinals without that we shall not adapt to our opponent too much we know their strengths and weaknesses but we'll continue to play our own game four years ago in russia Croatia and Argentina played each other in a World Cup group stage game. Croatia defeated Argentina 3-0. The second semifinal is Wednesday evening when surprise package Morocco meets defending World Cup champion France. I'm sure the Moroccans will be closely marking French star Kylian Mbappe, who leads all scores with five goals at this first World Cup held in the Middle East. Brazilian great Ronaldo scored 15 World Cup goals during his career, and he praises Mbappe's skills. I was talking about how fast he is and how good he is and how he's remember me when I played before so and he's uh, he knows how to use his ability you know how 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 to go faster than the others and uh, uh, use that ability to assist or score so I think uh, France is the favorite one to win the World Cup as I told before the World Cup starts and Mbappé, for me, is going to be the best player for the World Cup. For a preview of the France versus Morocco World Cup semifinal, Iron Mike Mbonye called Doha, Qatar, where he reached the chief football writer at ACLsports.com, Fisayo Dairo. I expect another good game of football when France and Morocco come toe-to-toe at the Albaid Stadium in Alcor here in Qatar on Wednesday night. 
it's going to be a historic game with lots of records and greatness on ground to achieve by either side. France will be bidding to become first nation to play in consecutive World Cup finals ever since Brazil played in three back-to-back from 1994 to 2002. Well, for the Moroccans, we know they've surpassed expectations already. They've, they've become the first African team to reach this stage and they will surely be aspiring to take it a notch higher with a win against the Europeans. So definitely, I expect... A competitive game. I expect a passionate one. Um, I do hope we do not have controversies like we saw in some games in the quarterfinal. But we expect the best of football in our history. Majority of the Moroccan players ply their trade in Europe. That's up to 90% of them. The entire France, French squad also have their squad based in Europe. So it could be... Uh, coming together of two sets of players playing in Europe but with different ideologies because the Moroccans will be hoisting the flag of Africa and the Arab world right there in front of uh, over 50,000 fans at the Albaid Stadium. Morocco has surprised football analysts and indeed the world with their games so far. Do you think the victory run will continue? It is definitely going to be a difficult game for Morocco. Yes, all their games here in Qatar have been difficult and they've managed to come out on scathe on each occasion. Yeah, they've played four top European countries from Croatia to Belgium to Spain to Portugal and now here comes France, another giant. But they definitely know that the higher they go, the tougher the battle becomes. And so, I won't bet against them doing the business again at the Albaid Stadium. Yes, injuries are now setting, the stakes are now higher because every opposition now know them and know what they are capable of. But you can't, you can't bet against them doing it once again. I think that they have all it takes to continue their amazing run. They've only considered one goal in all their matches, which is a very good factor to leverage on. If you don't consider a goal in a football game, then you have a good chance of winning it. So, if they've stopped the biggest stars of this world, the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, likes of Alvaro Morata, to Kevin De Bruyne, and, and even the Croats from scoring, then they can do so for the likes of Oliver Giroud and Kylian Mbappe of France. I am totally backing them to go all the way. Uh, but even if they don't, they will surely be proud of what they have done so far. Fisayo, a win or defeat for Morocco in the semi-final game remains a record. What do you think the Moroccan team will be remembered for after the World Cup? The Atlas Lions of Morocco's class of 2022 will forever be remembered as the trailblazing set that held the old footballing world spellbound with their results and achievements here in Qatar 2022. Not only have they reached heights unimaginable, or not only have they achieved the previously unachievable by any African team or Arab team, but the manner with which they have done that will forever be registered on the record books. Here in Qatar, at this stage, they are the team with the least amount of goals conceded. They are the teams that have been so difficult down. They are the team who are yet to concede a goal from an opposition. And they are the team who have united the whole of Africa and the Arab world. 
sometimes ago on the sunny side of sport i talked about even the unity in that team and this has permeated through the team onto the pitch and on through the whole of africa so this set will definitely be remembered as a team we emerged from a very difficult group to make themselves one of the most difficult teams to be to to play against and this will linger for long in the hearts of many african football followers and especially if they could go the extra mile and achieve the unthinkable but even if they don't they've done enough to make sure to ensure that these things they've achieved in qatar remain indelible in the hearts of all footballing fans across the globe that's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Doha, Qatar. Sporty greetings. This is Fisayo Dairo, chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And you are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun. With Team VOA Africa, let's experience the magic of football together. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Now let's go to Uganda, where a young man is inspiring visually impaired people and helping promote the sport of blind football. In this encore Sunny Side of Sports feature presentation, Magume Davis Rakawinj tells us more from Kampala. Sporty greetings, Magume! Sporty greetings to Tusani and our listeners. As a little boy, 24-year-old Muzafaru Jagwe used to love sports and football in particular and was an integral member of his class team until he lost the sight at the age of seven. He says most of his peers started to despise and discriminate against him, at times calling his names Kaso, which means one-eyed man. He did not lose hope in the game that he so much loved and promised himself would participate in it directly or indirectly sometime in life. After he graduated with a bachelor's degree in business computing from Makere University in Kampala in 2019, Jagwe took it upon himself to start a blind football team. He was actually overwhelmed to find out that many, just like him, want to rekindle their lost love in the sport of football. With the game of blind football not so common in the country, Jagwe used the available resources. Starting the gold ball, but it wasn't easy for use because of its hard surface. Its hardness and heaviness and be it being big, it's made from rubber. So when you, you strike it on the wall, they easily get broken. Unlike these normal foot, the footballs we use. That's how I began. But later on, I started researching and then reaching out to people, organizations. And that's how I, I, I got in touch with the international Blind Football Foundation. The International Blind Football Association donated him 10 balls and eye shields. Blind football is a form of football for athletes with a partial or total visual impairments. 
It consists of two halves of between 20 to 25 minutes and a 10 minutes break with each team allowed a timeout of a minute. In order to avoid collisions, players are required to say "voy" or something similar when going for the ball. The game is played by five players on each side, four outfield players and a goalkeeper. Outfield players must at all times be blindfolded, but the goalkeeper can be someone with sight. Yeah, however much they are blind, they always have some levels of, of sight. For example, somebody can see shadows, somebody, somebody can also see shapes, can understand shapes, and some can understand that it is during day, during night. That's why we cover them, to bring out that thing of fairness. The game doesn't have throw-ins, and there's no offside rule. The pitch could be cement, grass, or artificial turf. But the playing area must be between 38 to 42 meters long and 18 to 22 meters wide. At Makere University Rugby Grounds, they convert at least twice a week to hone their skills in the newly found game, blind football. One of the players here, Abraham Okundane, says the game has helped him improve his self-esteem. I've got many friends and film somewhere <laughs> because uh, I've received several interviews like maybe on Wikipedia TV and uh, these other local TV stations. So okay, many people came, uh, they asked me questions, how do we play? You know, they had that love for adventure towards the way we are playing. Yeah. That, okay, there's that in advice gives them that disability is not inability. Teammate? Alex Osborne, Yakorach, agrees. It has brought that hope uh, in my life that I can still play again. So I, I find it so interesting. We were missing a lot. I, what, what the other worlds were doing, but in Uganda we were missing it. Spain is considered to be the pioneers of the game that is fast growing worldwide and is competed in national leagues, championships and Paralympics. Brian Chiyinji, an assistant coach here, says, has learned virtues such as tolerance and patience working with people with such impairments. For them, they don't want to be forced to do something. You have to make them to love something so that they can do it very well. Yeah. Vike Kwagara, a volunteer here, says she's inspired seeing people with sight impairments engaging in a game. The energy they put in in playing the football, the love, is really very cool. Yes, it really motivates me a lot, seeing those boys running up and down to kick, kicking the ball. Player Nyakorach says he's very determined. He says he hopes the game of blind football will take him places. I'm not, not playing just because of training and and he just stopping here in Uganda. I want to reach those top level, uh, com- level of competitions like Paralympics. Like currently I'm training and I have a hope of playing in the Paralympic of 2024, which is going to be in Paris in France. Another player here? Rashid Semakula also has big dreams. Uh, here in Brazil, hmm? there are blind footballers in Brazil, France, where, where. So I want also like to go somewhere far. Hmm? I become a professional also. Because I can copy those guys outside. Jago Muzaffar agrees. He says he believes his team has the ability to match the rest of the world and bring home world championships in Uganda and promote the game on the African continent. My boys are better than any, any, any team on the African continent. We, we, we haven't even just gotten the opportunity. Even Europe, even Asia, all over the world, we are better than so many teams. We just have to get a test. Brazil are record champions with five championships and are followed by five South Americans, Argentina, who have two out of the seven championships. With two gold medals, 
Belarus also dominated the game for the partially sighted, also known as B2 or B3, followed by Ukraine and Russia with one apiece. Japan remained the lone winners of the Ever Women Blind Championships to ever be held in Vienna, Austria in 2017. With no proper funding, Jagwe depends on his family support and friends to promote the game. Another challenge here is that there are no pitches for the sport, but he says he wants to relent and continue to promote the game that may help his community socially and economically. Football is an alternative that we can rely on and then we can push on to solve mental health issues for people with vision impairment, to solve inactivity, to be proactive in the communities. For the sunny side of sports, I am Mugume, Davis Rwakarindini Kampala, Uganda. Hello listeners, my name is Jagom Zafal and I'm the founder and chairman of Blind Football a parasport administrator and a disability inclusion advocate. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. On the next Straight Talk Africa, leaders from countries across Africa are convening in Washington this week to take part in the U.S.-Africa Leadership Summit, an initiative by the Biden administration to strengthen its relationship with the African continent. Join me, Heidi Adams, and my guests as we discuss and analyze the U.S.-Africa Leadership Summit this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Thanks, Heidi. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. More World Cup football news. Morocco's head coach, Walid Regragui, has described the Atlas Lions as the Rocky Balboa of the premier event in Qatar. Well, with some Rocky-like punching power, the Moroccans have knocked out first Spain and then Portugal in the knockout rounds on their way to a historic semifinal appearance. And Morocco's Rocky-like tale continues to capture the imagination of fans as we hear now from VOA Sunday Shamari in Doha, Qatar. Morocco produced the latest Qatar 2022 surprise, beating the European heavyweights Portugal 1-0 and booked their place in the semis for the first time for an African nation. There was dancing, singing and waving of flags while drivers honked their horns as they drove through the streets of Doha. The Atlas Lions make a big roar and this North African team has shown superb discipline as the dark horse of this tournament so far. After the final whistle, Morocco players tossed their coach in the air and waved their country's flag as they linked arms in front of celebrating fans. The fans in and around Doha became ecstatic as they celebrated the historic win against Europe heavyweights Portugal, a team that was heavily favored to win the encounter. On the other hand, heartbreak and disbelief surrounded Portugal fans around the world as the Atlas Lions became victorious as they cruised to the World Cup semi-finals in Doha, Qatar. It was Morocco's Youssef and Nesiris, header above Portugal defenders, and goalkeeper Diogo Costa that gave the Atlas Lions their first ever ticket 
to the semi-finals of the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Morocco fans who traveled to Doha from Morocco in Souk Wakif were very excited with this historic win. They were jumping and chanting as they waved their red flags all night in Doha. Morocco is a great team, yeah, they are a solid defense and I don't think France is going to get through that. Morocco is going to go all the way to the final. Morocco is enjoying a lot of support from so many fans who have traveled from around the world to support them, especially from all neighboring Middle Eastern countries. So they have a large number of supporters in this tournament and it feels like home when they play. Ahmed Ali is from Kenya and also a resident of Qatar. He says what has happened is pride of Africa. I feel uh, something like uh, we have achieved. It's a big achievement for Morocco, you see. Uh, I, I think it's the first time uh, mm-hmm. for African nation to go up high, like uh, semi-finals. So that's what makes every African or every Arab pride. Yeah, we have... Uh, Morocco have a very good team. They have a very good team. They play with uh, unity. They have everything. They're defending well. They are playing counter-attacking football, which makes them uh, a dangerous uh, uh, team to play. You understand, right? So uh, today, before the game, uh, there was a lot of Morocco people here. Like they've been asking, "Who do you think is gonna win?" I was telling them, "It's Morocco. Have uh, they have a potential to win to beat Portugal? Portugal have a, have a good st- uh, squad." They have Ronaldo, they have Bruno, they have uh, good defense, Pepe. Is, Pepe. Yeah, this team, uh, Portugal, uh, the Portuguese uh, have been always good. But Morocco today, they deserve better because of the unity. They play like, uh, they, they play together. That's what makes Morocco dangerous now. And uh, they are going now to the semi-finals. Anything can happen. Since they can beat team like Portugal's, they can easily beat France or any, anyone who comes on their way. Morocco's miraculous win is celebrated all over Africa and Arab world as the fans believe they can keep going. The only goal they considered in this tournament is their own goal, showing they have a strong defense. Young Moroccan fans Vitar and Ahmed were very excited with this win. It's like, it's like the first area in Africa Morocco's squad is coached by Walid Regragui and they made an impact after topping a group that included the second-ranked Belgium and fellow semi-finalist Croatia. Morocco will play France in a semi-final showdown. Thanks, Sunday. That's VOA's Sunday Shamari, reporting from Doha, Qatar. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players... And let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. 
More than 1,000 Moroccan football fans gathered outside Al Janoub Stadium in Qatar on Tuesday, hoping to get tickets for their national team's World Cup semifinal against defending champion France. Many of the Moroccan fans lined up throughout the night in the hope of securing that much-coveted ticket like this fan. Khalil Fati. It's a miserable day. We suffer so much. There is no organization, nothing at all. They let us all the night running from a place to another place. There is no control. People running in front of you, above of you. After that, some people, they come at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., they get the tickets. We come at 10 p.m., and we stay in the queue all the night. I swear to God, all the night, we didn't get nothing. I'm, stay, I'm, I'm sick already, and I come here for the tickets. Khalil is not the only fan who's had problems buying World Cup tickets. Even in the earlier rounds of the tournament, fans expressed frustration as we hear now from Jakobo Lutzi in Doha, Qatar. Hardcore football fans are in Qatar to experience the World Cup firsthand and cheer on their country's team. But many say they're having trouble getting reasonably priced tickets. For the Argentina-Poland match, they were asking $800 for a ticket FIFA valued at $70. That's the price a scalper quoted Matias Morosina, who just wanted to see his country's team play. He's not alone. Many football fans say they have been unable to buy tickets on FIFA's official website, even when they are available. FIFA. VA reporters witnessed the problem firsthand, failing after numerous attempts to purchase tickets that were supposedly available. This has forced some fans to go to resale portals. They only authorize ones are on FIFA's own site. But there are others like Ticombo and Stabab International where fans can find tickets but at a much higher cost. Depending on the match, they could be paying up to $1,000, six or seven times more than the original ticket price. Some are also buying from scalpers, people who buy tickets then resell them at higher prices outside the stadiums. But not only are those more expensive, sometimes those tickets are fake. I'm an enemy of scalpers and resales, an absolute enemy. Buying from scalpers is exactly what fuels scalping. FIFA's website only says that last-minute sales of World Cup tickets are processed in real time and are allocated on a first-come, first-served basis. While fans say it's frustrating, Many admit they are willing to pay far more than the official price to be able to support their teams. Definitely, no matter what it takes, we will, we will just pay and just go to support our team and the Arab world. And high prices won't stop this group of female fans we spoke to after Morocco's win over Canada. Morocco pay for Morocco. We are very happy to, uh, to assist in this, in this match. Even those who manage to buy tickets at official prices will be paying 40% more than four years ago at World Cup in Russia, according to a Keller Sports study. The report says these World Cup games in Qatar are the most expensive ever. Jacopo Luzzi, VOA News, Doha, Qatar. 
Thanks, Jacopo, to the National Basketball Association. The Brooklyn Nets were one of the winners on Monday night, as we hear now from the AP's David Schuster. Brooklyn made it four straight wins behind Kevin Durant's 30 points in a 112-100 victory over Washington. Favorable schedule being at home for seven of those and being able to uh, wake up in our own beds and have our own routine at home definitely matters. We also faced a couple teams that misses some guys as well, but being at home counts. Uh, having everybody back as well, healthy counts. Uh, so we just want to keep plugging away. Josh Richardson had 24 points off the bench as San Antonio won a one-point decision over Cleveland, 112-111. I mean, close games are always good for guys to either win or lose because they just teach you a lot about yourselves, about how the game goes, about the flow, about how you got to approach things. So, I mean, I think the experience that we got today was was big for us, and to come out with a win like that is is a big step. Jaron Jackson was one of seven players in double-figure scoring in a Memphis 128-103 route of Atlanta. You know, next month, you just build on it, build on it every time, and it will propel us to where we eventually want to be, like in the postseason. Elsewhere, Damian Lillard scored 38 points in Portland's 133-112 victory over Minnesota, and Luka Doncic, he had 38 as Dallas defeated Oklahoma City 121-114. I'm David Schuster. Thanks, David. And that wraps up the December 13th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.